Mana, mana, mana. Mana, mana. Hello. Got a cool offer from Jordan Lee's Creations. If you use promo code SOCIAL4 in the Etsy store, you'll save $4 on your order, which is pretty awesome, really. I know one thing that I have from that store is the uh, cloth face mask with a removable nose wire and filter pocket. It's uh, extremely breathable, really cool design, extremely well-made, well-sewn. Couldn't recommend that enough, especially in a time when we need masks. Uh, well, need them before, but certainly need them now more than ever. Cannot recommend them enough. Love mine. The store URL is Etsy.com slash shop slash Jordan Elise Creations. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-E-L-I-S-E Creations. And I'll have a link in the uh, link tree that I provide with every episode. So uh, if you use that promo code, which is again social4, it'll save you $4 on your order. And this will be running through the year for listeners. So use it up. I truly can't recommend it enough. They're great. She's great. Support small businesses. Support local artists. And please wear a mask. Mana, mana, mana. Mana, mana, mana. This is Social Discasting. Welcome to Social Discasting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is an Eisner Award-winning comic artist, illustrator, and writer of tales designed to Thrizzle, Volumes 1 and 2, Mark Twain's autobiography, 1910 to 2010, and the graphic memoir, All the Answers. Please welcome Michael Kupperman. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you again for being on. I, like it, it means a lot. Oh, my pleasure. So, the loaded question: How are you? Uh, surviving day by day. Uh, it's it's. I'm in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. which is uh, a pretty intense place to be, and uh, during this time, especially. And I have to say, uh, feeling quite unhappy to be a New Yorker at this point. It's uh, it's something I don't I don't think I uh, thought I would ever find myself saying, but. Uh, you know, this this catastrophe feels just like the latest in a series of catastrophes that have changed New York. And uh, I don't know, this may be the final one, you know, uh, for for me and for a lot of other people, just as in terms of uh, living in New York as an artist, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, trying to have some kind of life here. You know, um, it, you know, it's just there's not much reason to live in New York anymore. Nearly everyone I know in the arts or entertainment has left for, you know, the opposite coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the publishing industry is a complete shambles. And there's really, there's no reason to live in New York anymore for your career. And uh, and now, of course, with coronavirus, it's it's pushed things over into it to just being kind of nightmarish at times. Uh, I think it would be hard enough, but we have a 11 year old son yeah. and, uh, it's really the wrong time for this to be happening for him. I think, you know, he's got a lot of feelings coming on that, uh, I think are best dealt with in the company of other kids, his age and not his parents. It's really difficult. Some of the time, uh, it's a lot of work to try to, you know, keep him keep him feeling okay, keep him stabilized. Uh, you know, I've been trying to get him into uh, video editing and stuff, and we've been experimenting with stuff like streaming. Mm-hmm. I've really let him do whatever he wants on the internet these days because, really, what's the alternative? You know, he can hardly ever see other children now anymore. He's horribly lonely a lot of the time. So I feel like, you know, making contact with people online isn't the same. Uh, you know, but, uh, 
but it's as good as you can do a lot of days. I, I, you know, and he's having a good time on that chat room with all his new uncles. No, I'm just kidding. He, uh, <laughs> no, we yeah. did a, we did a stream. We've been experimenting with streaming, and the first one was just uh, pathetic, and the second one was slightly less pathetic. But you know, there were like 20 people who were grooving along to the second one, and he was really enjoying like the back and forth, and that they were responding to what we were seeing, and we were putting something out there. You know, and, uh, you know, he said, well, there are only 20 people at one point. But I said, you know, what really matters is if anyone gets what you're putting down, that's the important thing. It's not about how many or, you know, your clout Absolutely. numbers. But if any people get what you're laying down, that's that's really great, you know. So, so there's a lot of work on strategies to help them get through, you know, and strategies to help us all get through. I've... Uh, been taking a much bigger share of the housework than I previously had. Uh, but, you know, just to try to keep everything functioning and no one feeling, you know, uh, to put upon. Also, because my wife had to supervise the digital schooling, which is mm -hmm. a, I mean, basically things are kind of post-apocalyptic here, but they've been heading that way for a while. I mean, they've basically you know, made it so that one parent has to supervise the child during school. And this is going to continue in fall. And, uh, you know, assuming in, in most families it's a woman, they've set the women's movement back, you know, decades with this. I mean, it's just, it's just really something. We actually had a vacation this week. We went to the uh, Chesapeake Bay in Maryland. And, uh, you know, yeah, how was that? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, it was it was a mixed experience because uh, there were so many jellyfish in the bay for some reason. Interesting. Uh, some some cosmic weather event, um, and we both got stung. My son and I. Yeah, per you know. Perfect. Yeah, that's it. I, I, w I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> no, that's um, fair. But it's gorgeous out there, and and like for beachcombers, I saw quite a few people who seem to be doing it semi professionally. But it's like a beachcombers paradise because. You're on this peak. We were on this peak uh, with waves going in two directions, and just everything's getting washed up in front of your eyes. Like all these shells, stones, uh, fossils, bits of metal from, I presume, shipwrecks. That's you know, so teeth. cool. Uh, just bizarre. It just it feels like you're at a place where everything washes up. If you know what I mean, it's just mesmerizing. How was it? Just uh, I mean. To your point about just everything going on in the city and just to get out, period. Just how was it to to just get out? Oh, it was profound. It was profound because we have no outdoor space normally. We have yeah. to go to the park or something. And real estate in the park is now so prized that my son and I have been breaking into construction areas. I'm not joking. Yeah. We've been doing this quite often just so we can have a little time by ourselves in the outdoors, you know, without having to worry about a mask or, you know, get... Uh, you know, get our, you know, get all in a lather because someone else isn't respecting, you know, basic. Well, yeah, just in a way that doesn't oppressively remind you that you're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, I which mean, which is you so know, difficult, I'm sure, in New York. I can't. Yeah, imagine. masks are one thing. Social distancing are another. Social distancing are, frankly, what I wish people would do anyway, or yeah. at least be aware of themselves in a social situation. Uh, but yeah, yeah I it's, it's I don't imagine private space or you know your uh <laughs> six to, to ten inches of personal space are probably respected very often in 
such a bustling metropolis as New York. It varies. It varies. And and honestly, in Maryland, it seemed about equivalent to how many people were wearing masks and really taking it seriously, you know, or not. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the one thing I saw everywhere is that workers take it seriously, and I think they actually appreciate it if you do too. You know, I don't mm -hmm. think workers can afford not to take it seriously. So we went to a restaurant for the first time in four months, you know, and everyone was masked up and, you know, the toll booth people are masked up and all of them. And I really think they, you know, they appreciate it when other people are also taking it seriously. But that's part of the mask protocol is also to show other people that you're taking this situation seriously. Yeah. Don't I don't know if you know this also, but my father died from coronavirus. I, I didn't know uh, that, yes. Yeah, my son's third grade teacher also died from coronavirus. Oh my god! You know, it's uh, uh, one of my wife's uh, old theater associates too. You know, it's uh, it I'm, definitely yeah. feels real. Yeah. No, I I can yeah I I'm sorry for for uh, yeah. all that. That's I, I yeah I can't imagine. I know personally, I know people who who've gotten it, but have been ultimately pretty unscathed. Uh, but that doesn't mean. That it's a it's an, such an odd thing. I guess the the incredibly uh, selfish nature of humans is that so many people don't seem to give a shit unless they're negatively affected. Um, and and the longer this goes on, the more it seems to embolden people to continue because well, it's not real to them unless there are some form of consequences for them to them. Um, I know here, you know, I'm in Arkansas, and just today our governor so late in the in, in the game but i guess it's still happening has mandated that they wear masks uh here under you know or they'll be monetarily penalized starting monday which it's it's wild that it's happening honestly truly it is but it's still happening and i guess that's something but people here like any other place they really they, they get very angry if they're told to wear a mask which is infuriating yeah yeah I mean, I don't want to put America or Americans down. I really don't. But I do think uh, the disease was better handled in countries where the citizens had some basic expectations put on them in the first place, yes. you know, that they would need to do certain things. Uh, and I think, you know, America, to both its credit and its detriment, doesn't do that. No, I agree. I think it's, yeah, I mean, dear God, there are so many avenues to go just in that very that very conversation it's i don't know it honestly it's just an absolute cluster clusterfuck it really is i don't know how to put it in any sort of um a finer point on it everything is so much right now it's so much and it's just unfathomable one thing let alone the totality of everything to your point about getting out of new york and for me you know just living in such a exponentially to say the least less densely populated area I personally can't imagine living there because I just feel like I would be tense constantly. Mm, so, yeah. I, and, and I'm sure <laughs> I just can't, you know what I mean? Like just, it's everybody in survival mode 24 hours yeah, a day. Well, yeah, it, it you know, <laughs> I can't argue too much with that. But I can imagine though, it's like, you know, it's, it's sink or swim and, and so many people thrive on that. And I get that too. I imagine though, just on so many levels, getting out, especially after having been, you know, cooped up for so long, relatively speaking, to the point of having, getting into construction areas to just have some semblance of alone time. That must have been like life affirming to get out, even if for a weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. 
It was really nice. I was going to say, I mean, there are opportunities within this for self-growth. You know, uh, there are, you know, you can look upon it as a opportunity for self-improvement, which I think is, is probably a good way to look at it. You know, I, I think it's all about really just staying sane and stable and uh, trying to improve yourself uh, within this. Absolutely. Uh. Absolutely. I know, um, I think that is, is difficult, depending on the second day or time or whatever, that there are good things, that, to your point, that could come out of this, for sure, outside of even just self-improvement. But it's just, yeah, that you can try to become proficient or more proficient at something. You can, for me, at least, it's been good to, as all these things I'm not used to, you know, having been taken away, these certain things just every day, that it's helping yeah. me to kind of prioritize and realize some of the things that are more important than others. And that's been good. I, I wish it was under quite literally any other circumstances. But, yeah. you know, you got to, I don't know, try to find the silver lining some days because some days it's just so difficult to see. And Yeah. 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 I, I was on your, I think it was, yeah, it was your last Twitch stream that oh, I was there for yeah. that. It was really cool. It was actually really interesting. Oh, and I was just to see you guys um, kind of messing around. And it's it seems like uh, I'm not streamed personally i had a twitch stream but it seems like a really could be a really cool creative outlet he's he's the technical uh wizard i'm he's completely the one arranging all that stuff but yeah he's uh, i mean we're really enjoying it and he's uh he's grown up you know with digital stuff all around him it's uh kind of the yeah it's so it's so different from the way i grew up uh i mean i'm a little older obviously uh I grew up with, you know, brown television and uh, <laughs> reruns of Deputy Dog, uh, <laughs> the only things in my life. And it's just incredible that he's grown up this way. But he's uh, so so intuitively smart with mm -hmm. digital stuff. Like he can figure out what he has to do. And it's really incredible to watch him work. So he's already into, you know, video editing and, and uh, all these different things. And it's... Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to encourage it right now because really, what else are you going to do? <laughs> well, yeah, no, exactly. You know, um, uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking that for me, you know, I'm, I'm 37, but for, for me, it's so difficult to process what's happening. And, and I have some form, probably not nearly enough of what I should at this age, but some form of kind of like um, emotional infrastructure, some prism through which to be able to process this in as unfathomable as, as it is nonetheless but I can't imagine just what it is at at his age 11 to process and try to understand what this is yeah so, it's I can't imagine having the context I mean again I'm old enough so that I feel like if this had happened in say the 70s the president whoever he was mm -hmm. would have you know appeared on tv and said they were declaring a national crisis everyone stay at home for the next you know five weeks two months whatever mm -hmm. you know but we're in a time of, of just extreme lunacy where <laughs> there's no leadership any on any level anywhere uh nothing is consistent nothing is true absolutely nothing is true anymore Never. I mean, it's just a world of, of lies and illusions and, you know, conceits. And we're going to see a lot of that swept away in the next few years. And I think in some that's part of what's good. It's going to be horrible, but it's also going to be good to see some of this go away. 
mm-hmm. you know, some of, some of the detritus of the 20th century is going to be swept away now. And a lot of people are going to be radicalized or, you know, really have their consciousness changed in different ways by this experience. No, you know, I, and, I completely agree. You know, yeah. so I think, you know, it really is... Th- Things haven't been going well before this. You know, the coronavirus, Trump, they're all just really symptoms or mm-hmm. outliers of, you know, a, a society that's been collapsing. You no, know, it, tw- it feels like things are coming, have come to a head. And, yeah. and this is some corner, sort of, uh, I don't, it's not, it's, it just feels like a reckoning. Yeah. It, it really does. Yeah, after the last few decades of slow rot, which have been speeding up exponentially, it really has gotten to the point where it feels like the ruling class are just, you know, standing there going, well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think we're starting to remember or realize as we're in this kind of, it's like this Stockholm Syndrome, where we forget we have the numbers. Yeah. And and they're thankfully really fucking up by making us remember that. Yeah. And that's, we need that. We've needed that. Yeah. A change is needed. Yes. You know, in many ways. And so yes. I'm optimistic that change will come. I am, I am optimistic, despite all this, despite all this horror, you know, that things can change and get better, at least in some ways. No, I agree. I think it's, it can be really difficult to, to see that some days. But yeah. I, I know what you mean, but I, I need, I do, it's both a thing that I need that belief, but I also truly do believe it too, thankfully. Otherwise, I don't know what I would have at this point. But I do think something's coming and I think people are, are pissed off and I am certainly one of them. And it's unfortunately more than well earned, this anger. Yeah. Did you have a lot of fireworks there? We did. Yeah. We did. Yeah. I can only imagine the cacophony <laughs> in New York. It was a free show. I mean, New York is very noisy. I found the, the idea that the you know it was a secret plot to make the city noisier, I thought that was intensely humorous because it's really not possible to make the city much noisier than it is. If you wanted yeah. to really scare people, you'd make the city quiet like it was immediately after 9-11. I woke up at uh, (laughs) about 1.30 in the afternoon. I'd been working all night, and I had a white noise machine. And then I woke up, and I turned it off and uh, just was shocked and scared instantly by the profound silence. But uh, I can't imagine. Yeah, the fireworks here started right after the curfew. And I didn't think the fireworks were provocation, but the the curfew definitely was. The curfew was angling for trouble. Just nuts. Yeah, it's definitely, it was very, again, with, with all these facades being just taken away and people are just like blatantly weaponizing curfews across the nation. It's like, it's so blatant, but I didn't realize that, that the fireworks were post-curfew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, curfew started here, as I remember, right before the weekend, and there were a couple, there was a night or two where it was fairly quiet. And then the third night of curfew, it felt like, I mean, there'd been some trouble, like a a block away from my apartment that mm-hmm. there's some video out there of someone being beaten by police. Okay. Uh, I mean, they, it's ridiculous. They declared curfew and sent riot troops into these neighborhoods that, you know, <sighs> you yeah. don't see that kind of police presence in normally. It was absolutely nuts sending them in and beating people. And then the, de- the night after that, it was a really interesting night because everyone was out, but a lot of youths were out, you know, uh, 
a lot of teenagers maybe looking for some excitement, but kind of everyone was out. Mm. And it was all sort of waiting for something, you know? Yeah. There's a mood the city gets, you know, sometimes. Uh, and then nothing happened. I mean, the police had created this horrible atmosphere, and then they didn't really capitalize on it further. And then a night or two later, the fireworks started. I'm curious. You said that there's like a mood of the city. Is that just something that, I don't know, I mean, you've been there, you can certainly feel the vibes of it, but is it just just this sense in the air? Yeah, there's a definite sense in the air and times in the city. There there have been some intense times here in the last 20 years. There was 9-11, but then there was also the blackout, and there was the Republican convention here in 2004, which was really quite intense, uh, surprisingly intense. That was... uh, that was uh, the police took over, you know, a lot of Manhattan and mm. commandeered all the airships that were privately held around to do surveillance over the city. So, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was it was like being suddenly in this Philip K. Dick world yeah. where there were airships over you all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I used to go walking on the uh, down at Battery Park every day and uh, you just these squads of people jogging around and there were mass arrests going on in the streets. It was a really intense time in the city. Um, yeah. But the blackout, I remember, is the blackout lasted just two days, I think, and it felt like the mood was going to change the second day. But the first day it was all playful and, uh, you know. Like it's a vacation a or time. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's like, if people get the time to nerve themselves up to stuff, Mm-hmm. That's when there's trouble. And the thing that was really amazing was the curfew was the smash and grab uh, gangs operating in Soho, mm-hmm. you know, where they'd surveil it and then just come in really fi- fast and organized and, and smash in, you know, a gang in a van and just drive off. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It. Yeah. I, I have no, I have such a, I don't know if it's a romanticized version in my head of New York, but it certainly is very cinematic. Uh, because <laughs> I, I've just never been there, and you know, it's. Uh, I mean, the old joke is that you know, New York is is a character in a movie, and um, but I don't know. I I just keep going back in my head to the the energy of it. But then again, it makes it makes sense to me because it's just such a well, a just a densely populated area, but it's also just it. It's a it, there's a certain vibe there, just from anybody I've talked to that's been there. And just the energy is palpable. Yeah. I just, I can't imagine just what that, the wave of that or what that just feels like at a time like right now. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, people who, honestly, people who do what I do, you know, uh, graphic fiction or comics or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. in some ways we're uh, solitary creatures. So I feel like a lot of people just kind of crawled into their holes, if you know sure. what I mean. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, just recently I'd started doing a reading series at a bookstore not far from my house, just so I could see other artists once in a while, because it has. There used to be much more of a cartoonist community in New York, but it's uh, it's really withered and died. Do you think? And is that just is that part also part of people moving out just with everything coming to a head or for whatever various reasons? Or is it also though that 
just the internet makes geography less important? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with the internet, it doesn't matter anymore. And it's so expensive and difficult to live here, you know, without a compelling reason. Uh, why would you do it, really? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would imagine, too. Yeah, to your point of, well, I mean, just everything happening in general, let alone the the cost to live there and, and probably so many other reasons and everything, especially right now with how everything's being handled or, or mishandled, to put it lightly, that, yeah, <laughs> that there's so, that it's just there are so few reasons or justifications for staying. Yeah. I, I really know so few other artists who uh, still live here, you know, Mark Newgarden, Gabrielle Bell, a few others, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, Maryland's the place to go. It does sound yeah, nice. Maybe. That is, it does sound that it sounded, I can't imagine too having about just getting out after, I don't know. You know, I haven't seen a friend in a while, and and although I'm just not, I've never been just a major like hugger by nature, but yeah. I I want to become one very very quickly. Like I miss, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I miss human connection because just even that, not seeing people and talking, it is truly so unnatural. Sure. To not yeah, have that, it really is, and I desperately miss it more than I would have ever imagined. Yeah. So, how often do you see people during the week, usually? Well, I, I live about the 10 minutes from my parents, uh, so I am able to see them, and and that's, I mean, that's good, that's humans, but it's just, that you know, it's a, and it's that weird thing, too, with, you know, technology, and you can bridge that gap to some degree, kind of, um, of talking to people on the phone, sir, and then uh, whatever, house party is a thing, and FaceTime, you know, there's little things, but it's just like, yeah, I just, I just miss people. And so you can see your parents; they're not. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 uh, for the most part, you know, they're they're always wearing masks, which is awesome, and gloves, yeah. and taking those precautions. Although that did take a little work to get there, uh -huh. but they still got there, and uh, you know, but I am able to see them, and and. Everything's okay, you know. Everything's been good so far. Knock on everything, but so yeah, that's it's gone a long way for me. But I know that also that's not the case for a lot of people. Even that this is for a lot of people, it's a very lonely, solitary time. Oh yeah, my mother's on lockdown. I mean, uh, oh. she's uh, a few miles away in Manhattan. Yeah, and uh, we haven't seen her since you know this started. God, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. She's I, um, supposedly cleaning up her apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that one before, right? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, I'm definitely like. Um, I know for me, I'm. I'm trying to, and I'm. I don't even know what this is defined as necessarily. But I'm just trying to find like healthy distractions. You know, like things I can do that makes me feel productive on some level, but also yeah, is yeah. allowing this stuff to process somewhere in the background. Yeah, if you can get into a state of creative flow, and that doesn't, you know, that can mean anything. That can mean placing objects a certain way on a tabletop, you know. Sure. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it's very relaxing. I Yeah. Have you been able to totally. do certain things like that, you know, outside of kind of help trying to do, you know, different creative projects with your son? Oh, uh, I'm trying to. The odd thing is that I'm actually uh, more busy 
or as busy as I've ever been in my life. I don't, uh, I mean, it really sucks that it's happening now, but I have this massive uh, project I've got to do in, a, in the next couple of months. Yeah. So uh, it's, you know, it's also, if I, if I could, I'd spend all the time with him. I, I love him, but, you know, I, I have to try to help, so help him be occupied without my constant input. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, we do things. We we did collage. We you know, I uh, try to you know take part in his project. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like he's naturally curious too, right? That sounds. Oh, God. That goes. Stops. I mean that that's a huge win because I know for me since I was a kid I've just been so curious and everything, but that's just not always the case. Yeah. Yeah. He he is very curious. He is very curious, boy. But he um, he misses other kids a lot. I mean, he says it like every day. Oh, I can't imagine. <sighs> like you know, if I if like I if I am, I just yeah, I can't imagine what he's going through. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna leave a mark. But you know, yeah. maybe it'll make his generation stronger that they had to go through this. I, I think that if if this is a thing where where we all can, you know, come out on you know on the other side of it whenever that is. I, I know <laughs> that things will never be the same, right? But when we return to some semblance of quote unquote normalcy, yeah, I think man, we can withstand anything. Good God, this is such a test on every conceivable level. No, it's true. It's going to be a badge of distinction for sure. For sure. Yeah, I did want to ask just before we wrap it up. I don't want to take too much more of your time, but the project you're working on has that been announced or no? I don't want to. No, I can't. Say publicly what it is yet, but it's uh, it's exciting. Awesome! It's, it's really exciting. It just couldn't come at a worse time. Of Summer course. New York stuck indoors with an eleven year old. It's uh, perfect. Oh boy! But you know, <laughs> I love a challenge. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. At least you have those creative outlets like Twitch, which is such a cool, like, new creative frontier that has been largely untapped so far. Yeah, that's kind of a fun blank canvas. Yeah, I see other cartoonists have been doing stuff on it. I saw Michael DeForge on there the other day uh, showing old cartoons and stuff. You know, yeah, it's a fun, just a fun way to connect with people, you know? Absolutely. Oh, I was just, uh, I was just looking online for this old movie, Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Have you ever seen it? I've not, but I'm fascinated by the title. Oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, freely available online, as I thought it would be. It was... Okay. Uh, shown it on uh, Twilight Zone, but it's originally a French film from 62. Okay. It's uh, about a half hour, I think, a little shorter. And it's uh, it's based on an Ambrose Bierce story about a guy who gets hung, and then in the hanging he escapes, and he struggles back uh, you know, to his ancestral home. Mm-hmm. And on the way, he has this kind of rhapsodic interlude. It's really strong. They used to show this film in school all the time. Like, okay. uh, they'd show it, you know, in in class. He has this whole thing where he's in the meadow and he sees, like, all the bugs and snails and, and little birds. And, and his voice over the soundtrack goes, living thing. Everywhere's <laughs> a living thing. And it's really hypnotic. Uh that and then at, at at the end of the film, uh, there's a snap as his neck is broken because it was all a dream as he was being hung. Yeah, I'm absolutely gonna watch that. I love the. That sounds really interesting. It's it's really good. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Honestly, that's as good a way as any to end this. Do you have anything you want to plug before we wrap it up? 
Uh, no. I mean, hopefully I'll have something to plug pretty soon, but I can't yet. Okay. But uh, fingers crossed. I'll know in a few days, I think. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. I'm excited to hear what this is. Okay. Thank you again for coming on. Like, I, I love this. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you all for listening. Please wear a mask. That's all I got. Just please wear yeah. a mask. If not for you, for everyone else around you, stay safe. Be kind to yourself. Just do the best you can. That's all we're doing. Thank you again for listening, and goodbye.